Step three. Got it! Oh, how good is Steph Curry? On one, James. Oh, you LeBron drops the anvil. Marines go to the deep end. It's time for Under the Hood Basketball Pod with Jay Hood. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Manscaped, manscaped.com. Use my promo code HOOD, that's my last name, H-O-O-D, and save 20%. Think about it. The Performance Package 4.0, the Lawnmower 4.0, the Perfect Package 4.0. They've got crop preservers, they've got ball cleansers. Guys, when it comes to below-the-waist grooming, you know you need Manscaped. Manscaped.com, shampoo and conditioner, body wash, deodorant, they've got it all. I've got Manscaped, and you need the luxury, full body grooming kit, the Platinum Package 4.0, Manscaped, Manscaped.com, a gift for you or for someone else, available right now by using my promo code HOOD, H-O-O-D, and save 20%. Guys, have you seen yourself down there lately? Yeah. It is the season to clean up for the summer. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code HOOD. Now time for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. I am Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast and downloading it. Of course, we always give you the best in basketball conversation right here, wherever you get your podcasts. As always, I have three things to talk about, maybe three and a half this time, when it comes to the NBA and the NBA playoffs. So this is a great time. To start at, I don't know. Number one. It's happening. We're getting it. Yes, we are getting it. We're getting Steph Curry versus LeBron James. And the two kids from Akron are going after it. Who's the best player in the NBA? Is Steph Curry on your list? Is LeBron James on your list? They're on my list as far as the best players in the NBA. But I think it's very clear that Steph Curry, for me, is the greatest shooter of the basketball that I've ever seen. It doesn't matter if it's underneath the basket. doesn't matter if it's the foul line. doesn't matter if it's from three-point range and beyond. We've never seen shooting like this from Steph Curry. Never. And there's been a lot of proficient three-point shooters, but he just makes it an art form. It makes it like a layup. His three-point shots are like a layup. And I can tell you, watching Steph Curry over the years, he's become unguardable. I know that sounds ridiculous, right? Uh, NBA player unguardable. No one could stop Steph Curry from deep. Him going to the basket. He's just an amazing basketball player. On the other side is LeBron James. There's a generation of basketball fans that look at LeBron and said, this is the best player in the NBA that we've ever seen. I don't necessarily agree with that because I love Michael Jordan and I know what Jordan brought to the table, but it doesn't mean that LeBron James takes a far, far, far step away from Michael Jordan. That's ridiculous. LeBron James has put up so many numbers. A guy here that is the all-time scoring leader in the league. So LeBron James definitely is one of the greatest players that we've ever seen. But now we're going to see one of the greatest players we've ever seen versus one of the greatest shooters that we've ever seen. Think about all the great point guards that you've seen over the years. And this goes back a ways, right? Many will still say that Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard in the history of the game. 
because of his exploits and everything he did with the Los Angeles Lakers. As a rookie in the league, because there was a need for someone to play center at 6'9", you saw Magic Johnson fill the bill. As a lead guard, he was able to fill the bill. During that time in the late 70s, early 80s, it's like, why is this guy 6'9", really at a power forward size, being able to control the basketball that well? Because Magic was special. He's one of one when it comes to that. Magic Johnson and Steph Curry should be in the conversation for best point guard ever. Magic still has a little bit of a lead over Steph, but it would not surprise me before Steph is done that he overtakes Magic Johnson for one of the best point guards that we've ever seen in the NBA. Jason Kidd's on that list. And Oscar Robertson's on that list. And Isaiah Thomas is on that list, and so is John Stockton, and so forth and so on. So many great guards in the NBA. But Steph Curry has to be in that conversation. You can't fill it up like that from three so often and be able to get to the basket and be a perennial, seemingly, NBA champion in this era and not be considered one of the all-time greats. It is amazing. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. But before we preview that matchup, Let's talk about the Sacramento Kings. The Sacramento Kings took it to the Warriors. Seven games. And at the Golden One Arena, a capacity crowd there in Sacramento. The biggest game for the Sacramento Kings since 2002. Back in those days, there was an opportunity for the Kings to be able to get to the finals. They fell short. Those Rick Adelman teams for Sacramento were very good, but that's so, so far away. So long ago. The Golden State Warriors walk in to Sacramento and beat down the Kings, a young Kings team, 120-100. In this contest, you saw Steph Curry score 50 points, 5-0, in 38 minutes of play. He had six assists and he had eight rebounds and he played with a ruthless aggression. Even Draymond Green said on his podcast, well, we thought that you know, Steph Curry would be able to lead us. We didn't know he'd do that. 50 points. He put 50 points on the Kings in a closeout game in Game 7. Uh, Clay Thompson was a distant 16 points, and Andrew Wiggins had 17. But this Golden State Warriors team was battle-tested. Do they have anything left for the Lakers? And that's a big question uh, for sure in for that matchup. But I'm giving Steph Curry all his flowers because it's one of these things in sports where you're like, whoa, I've never seen anything like that. And you can't describe it. You can't say, Steph Curry, you know, he reminds me of, because there is no remind me of. When you go to basketball reference and you look at Steph Curry, through 13 years of his career, he walks with Dwayne Wade, Chauncey Billups. He always finds his way in there, Chauncey Billups. I don't know why. Um, Walt Frazier, Kobe Bryant, Gary Payton, Clyde Drexler, Steve Nash, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Ray Allen, as far as win shares and the numbers equating to Steph Curry, but I will tell you that he walks alone as far as the way he shoots the basketball. You think about this, a nine-time All-Star and four championships and nine All-League and nine MVP award shares and the amount of points that he scored per game. And again, the greatest three-point shooter that we've ever seen. The first in steals in 24-20 and 14-15 and 15-16 and, uh, and, and number one in steals in his career. Career. Number one in free throw percentage, I think, four or five times in his career. I mean, it's 
crazy. It's sick how good he is. But I want to be able to also, with number one here, give the flowers to Sacramento Kings because Mike Brown, as I said on this podcast, would be the coach of the year, and he was. He was able to lead a moribund, lousy Kings franchise to the playoffs, and they got a taste. They got their beat wet just a little bit. And so they were able to light the beam enough to the tune of 48 wins, which is amazing for Sacramento. And they do that with Sabonis, who is a terrific young player, second-generation player, with Fox and Herter. They got some really good players on that team. So hats off to the Kings that they even got to Game 7 against the champs. I mean, the Warriors are so good, and yet they took them to Game 7. So now I'm looking forward to the next series, which... Leads me. Number two. So let's talk about the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Okay, so this matchup is interesting to me because of all of the crap that was talked by the Memphis Grizzlies. Listen, I always think in sports it's cool to have a good guy and a bad guy, a protagonist and an antagonist. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I grew up watching teams that really reveled in wearing the black hat. The New York Yankees were like that. And the Oakland Raiders or Los Angeles Raiders were like that. The Chicago White Sox wanted to be that in the early 90s. Were, you know, it's changing their whole uniform scheme to black and white. The whole point is, is that it's okay to be the bad guy. And for the Memphis Grizzlies, this team is fun to watch in the regular season. And they talk so much shit. It is amazing how this team continues to talk and, and let you know, hey, you know, we're up in here and we can get it done. And and you have someone like Dylan Brooks, and I got to get to him. Dylan Brooks telling LeBron James, ah, he's old. I don't respect anybody until he puts 40 on me. Well, LeBron James put more than 40 on the Memphis Grizzlies, that's for sure. LeBron James made it very personal. You know why? Because Dylan Brooks made it personal. If you're going to come at the King, you better not miss. And Dylan Brooks, let me go through his game log against the Lakers. When he said, oh, LeBron's old. Or when you hear from John Morant telling Malika Andrews, yeah, I'm not really worried about the West. You're not? 51 wins, hats off to the Grizzlies. But when it counted, their nuts shrunk. Dylan Brooks, game one, 15 and four. Then 12 and 11. Then seven and two. Then 11 and 5, then 8 points and 2 rebounds, and then game 6, 10 points and 4 rebounds. And an opportunity for you to be able to make some noise and make a name for yourself. You know what Dylan Brooks did? He hid from the press. When the Grizzlies would lose, you could not find him. I'm out of here. After talking all that mess, and also within this series, you know what Dylan Brooks did? He twisted on everybody and said, oh, you know, the media is making me out of a villain. Dude, you have to be able to walk into that. If you are a villain and, and you're calling out LeBron James, if you're that dude, be that dude. Be that guy. And what happened? Dylan Brooks ran away from the media. I don't want to be around here. You know why? Because LeBron James kicked that ass. The Lakers kicked that ass. I am really impressed by the turnaround for this Lakers team as we move the Grizzlies out of the conversation. Again, good team. Bain, Morant, Brooks, Tillman, Jackson, uh, but I think that 
if they the Grizzlies underachieve again next year, there will be a coaching change. And that's a shame because this team talks a good game, but when it comes to trying to get it done, all that dancing in the locker room doesn't do anything as far as postseason wins. So we'll move them out of the conversation. But I want to make sure the Grizzlies got their, you know, got their uh, pound of flesh uh, from me because I love the bad guy. It's cool. But you got to do something if you're the bad guy. You get punched in the mouth, what are you going to do? You're going to go home. That's what the Grizzlies did. Now let me get to the Lakers. The Lakers right now are 43-39. and 39, and That's their record at this point in time. And I'm really impressed by the turnaround. This Lakers team was barely hanging on in March, going into April. And ultimately, what the Lakers needed to do, they needed to get healthy. For the last few years, I've been saying on these podcasts that the Lakers are not about LeBron James. It's not about LeBron James. It's been about Anthony Davis, Chicago's own Anthony Davis. And I saw the graphic in the last series. Poor, poor Davis. ESPN put like all the injuries that Anthony Davis has suffered in his career. It's been a lot of them. A lot of injuries. And so the whole thing is based on Anthony Davis and his health. That's the only way this Lakers team can be able to move. You need to have at least a one-two punch in order to succeed in this league. LeBron James in that closeout game against the Memphis Grizzlies scored 22 points and six assists and five rebounds. But as Shaq says on Inside the NBA all the time, it's about the stars, but really it's about the others as well. If the others don't do what they need to do, and if the star is the only one scoring, then it's not going to work. And so in that closeout game, you had Russell with 31 points and four assists and two rebounds. You had Davis with 16 points and 14 rebounds. Uh, it, when I see Austin Reeves out there, he's a threat from three-point range. He had 11 points in that last game against Memphis. I see Hachimura out there with six points, Gabriel with six points. If the others don't step up, the younger assets on this Lakers team, Lakers aren't going anywhere. I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised about the turnaround for the Lakers. Because I think ultimately, because Anthony Davis is available, I think that that has has mattered uh, for this Lakers team. Because the Lakers were not as impressive as Phoenix or the Clippers or Golden State or Sacramento in the Pacific. They were not. But look at what has happened. It is uh, interesting. So the Lakers and Golden State, and I I cannot wait to see this matchup. uh, Because... It's LeBron James in which it could be his last hurrah, quite frankly. It could be his last hurrah. And as far as him trying to win a championship because the league's getting younger, I'm never going to bet against LeBron, but I will bet against his front office. (laughs) I'll bet against that front office all day as far as getting the right players around LeBron. Um, But I, I just think... When you get the four-time champion, a four-time Finals MVP, a four-time MVP, and the leading scorer in the league, you know LeBron James against a four-time champion and a one-time Finals MVP and a two-time MVP and the league's all-time leader in three points made, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch. So I just want to just be able to give the Lakers you know, a tip of the cap. Uh, I really believe that um, Golden State will win this series. 
have a good feeling about Golden State. This this might go six because I think the Lakers could run out of gas at some point. And there's multiple weapons for Golden State uh, for them to be able to win this. But I got a good feeling about that. And by the way, just a tip for Steve Kerr. And I, listen, that guy's going to the Hall of Fame as a head coach. He doesn't need necessarily my advice. But I would tell him, if Steve was around me, I would tell him, hey, man, don't change your starting lineup. I know that off the suspension from Draymond Green, you put Poole in there, and then Poole's in there for game six. Um, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, who was amazing in game seven, 11 points and 21 rebounds. That dude, you talk about others, right? Because we think about the, the Splash Brothers all the time. Curry and Thompson, Curry and Thompson. You know, Looney is in the right place at the right time. Dude had 10 offensive rebounds, 21 total. That helped in a big way. Draymond Green and Wiggins and Curry and Thompson. Here's just a little advice. Keep Jordan Poole on the bench. Seriously. Like, Jordan Poole has got so much confidence, but it's a reckless conf- confidence when I see him play. Putting up just crazy shots and shots not, w- not within the offense for Golden State. It's just weird to watch him perform. That guy needs to be off the, on the bench. And then I saw this one clip on Instagram where Draymond Green, who punched Jordan Poole, we know that story, right, from practice. Looks like they're still not cool. Jordan Poole was coming back to the um, to the bench. Draymond Green was already on the bench. He had his hand up for a high five, and Poole just went right around him. And it might have been Poole just being frustrated with a shot or whatever, but he has a volatile personality. I mean, Draymond does on the floor, but I think it's he's kind of crazy like a fox like that. But Jordan Poole, don't start him anymore. Just give him a few minutes and then let you know. Hopefully, have a little defensive prowess and then sit him down. I mean, a guy like Jordan Poole can shoot you out of an opportunity for you in another championship. The Golden State team, I mean, is fantastic. Look forward to seeing that matchup with Steph and LeBron. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast presented by Manscaped, Manscaped.com. And don't forget the Under the Hood merchandise. My friends, it is there. You want that merchandise? I got it for you. I got t-shirts. I got tumblers. I got mugs. I got everything you need. If you just click my Instagram, IGJHood on Instagram, follow me there. There's a link there in my bio. You can do it also. Same thing on Twitter, twitter.com. Tweet JHood on Twitter. There's a bio there. Click that link and boom, right there, you'll be able to get all the merchandise you need. It's a beautiful shirt. Support the podcast that's given you all that I can to support the podcast. It's the Under the Hood uh, podcast. The t-shirts are there, and you can get it in any color that you like. And again, click my Instagram, IGJHood, Tweet J Hood, and you're right there. Check out the merchandise. Tell me what you like. And by the way, send me a picture if you're going to buy us that stuff. So I whack him. Let people know, hey, someone's got an Under the Hood um, basketball t-shirt. Number three. So the Miami Heat... Defeat the New York Knicks 108 to 101 Sunday, and Miami leads that series one game to none. Before I go into that game, can I just give flowers to Jimmy Butler, former Chicago Bull Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler had 25 points and 11 rebounds. He had four assists on a bum ankle. What's so strange is that the Knicks did not recognize that the ankle for Butler was not very good. It was He was not kind of hobbling around, especially in the second half, and they um, did not recognize it, but yet Butler kept scoring. I just would have double-teamed him and give it off to someone else. But Jimmy Butler is amazing. 
And Jimmy will say, oh, I'm not playoff Jimmy. I've always been Jimmy Butler. No, he's turned it up several notches. Jimmy Butler would rather just pass the basketball and make others better. I'm just having a ball watching this former Bull be able to get the job done and carry this Miami Heat team. This Heat team was not that good. I'm telling you, they were not that good in the regular season. Many thought that maybe they should tank when we got to the trade deadline because the team just it just was stuck in neutral for a long time because they were not shooting the ball well. The Robinsons, the Struzes, they were not hitting they were not hitting their shots, the Lowry's. They just underachieved offensively. But then you saw what happened, right? They turned it around in the play in and now they were able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks in that one eight matchup. My God, can you believe that? This Heat team coming out of nowhere, beating a team that I thought could win the championship again in the Milwaukee Bucks. And just like that, boom, the Bucks are out of the playoffs. And I can give Eric Spolstra all the credit in the world, and he deserves the credit because he's a great head coach. But those players came to play too, led by Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kevin Love, a veteran that's been there and done that. Gabe Vincent shooting the ball well. And this team is totally different than what we saw in the regular season to me. Kyle Lowry had 18 points in 30 minutes. He was 3 for 6 from 3 in that game against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. I just think that that's impressive, but it's led by Jimmy Butler. Now the question is, will he be healthy enough to play in Game 2 or Game 3 on that bulky ankle? I saw him interviewed by Lisa Salters after the game. Maybe it was Lisa Salters. Uh, But, um... The question was, you know, how you feel? Because it just feels like a, you know, a sprained ankle. That's what he's going through right now. Will he be able to play the 43 minutes he played in game one? We'll find out. But I just, for a guy that came in here that was afraid to shoot the basketball with Chicago, afraid to shoot it, we just give it to D. Rose every time. Like, nah, I can't do this. This guy was at Madison Square Garden, first time against the Knicks, and he just passed the basketball. Like, nah, I can't do it. Now, I know that he came in as defensive a player, which is a perfect pick for Thibodeau when he was coaching the Bulls. And he's grown into this incredible two-way player. And hats off to Jimmy Butler and the Heat. That team was dead, dead in March. And now look at him. Now, as far as the game is concerned, I watched the game yesterday with the Heat winning 108-101. to Hostile environment. All of the celebrities there. Even Chris Rock showed up. Spike Lee. Jack Harlow, all these people showed up, right, to check out the Knicks and the Heat. And the Knicks went out there without Julius Randle because he has a sprained left ankle. And he said, well, how can they pick up the slack? Well, New York was up 32-21 to in the first quarter. And then the Heat never looked back because the defense let up for the Knicks. And I know that keeps Tom Thibodeau up at night. Oh, my gosh. So... I like Brunson a lot, but Brunson can't shoot 0 for 7 from 3. The Knicks shot 7 for 34 from 3. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Someone has to be able to shoot more than Obi Toppin, who stepped in for Julius Randle in this game. I looked at this and I said, as as active and as... um, springy as Brunson is, you guys shoot the basketball a lot better than that. And you got to get to the foul line a lot more, too. The Knicks were minus nine on the foul line. So you're at home. You're not going to the basket. The the team that goes to the basket more will get more calls. Um, and so I just thought that that was just bizarre. 
So I've always thought of Thibodeau as this B to C coach, not A to B, because that's not fair. But B to C coach, I think that he can get you to a certain level. But I will tell you, the roar from the Madison Square Garden crowd, I appreciate, and I'm sure that a lot of people said, boy, that crowd's pretty hot. But boy, no one's more entitled than the Knicks fan. Oh my God, they're so annoying. So annoying. I work and do shows from time to time for NBA radio on Sirius XM. And boy, I tell you, for years, those calls have come in. This is our year. This is our year. Orange and blue skies. It's our year. It's like, no, it's not. You haven't been relevant since 1973. Stop. Stop. You know, I complain about the Bulls not being able to get quality free agents in here or m- multiple free agents that can make a difference. New York is going through the same issue. It's the Mecca. It's Madison Square Garden. Everyone wants to play. The- uh, apparently not. <laughs> so... I, again, the team's good. The the Knicks, I want to find out whether or not they can at least get it to even at Madison Square Garden. I kind of think that they can, but I don't know if Randall's going to be available. And, if, and actually, to me, that's not the bigger point. The bigger point is, will you hit your shots? You know, uh, you know Barrett from three, uh, Josh Hart, a veteran, Brunson, Robinson. That, that's the question. Will you be able to hit your shots? And it's so weird because it's Tom Thibodeau and he's just, he tightens the roster like it's the uh, NCAA tournament. You know, these college basketball tournaments where like the coach only goes, uh, you know, like eight deep, seven deep. You know, he played eight players in that loss on Sunday, 108 to 101. I uh, I think it's going to be an interesting series, especially if Jimmy Butler's not available, who steps up offensively for the Heat. That's why this game, this I think this series could go six, maybe seven, in the favor of the Heat. We will see. Games taking place um, that I'm looking forward to as well with Philadelphia and Boston. Um, so Embiid is out for Game One, and I don't know how you know when he'll be returning. Will he? They, it's a possibility according to Woj that he will return in Game Two. We'll find out. I like Boston to win that series in six. James Harden and Embiid are a great one-two punch, but I think I've said this for the last couple of years, Embiid will be wanting out at some point in Philadelphia. Uh, and it, it's a shame that we're in the postseason and we're looking at injuries again like we'd see in the regular season. I don't know that this whole low management thing is really working because when we don't see Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and we don't see Joel Embiid and you got, uh, as I mentioned, Randall out and just like, you know, Jimmy Butler. I mean, it's just, I don't know if this league is brittle with some of these players or how I would describe it, but it's just, it's really unfortunate because if you are looking forward to a star coming into your city, going to see an NBA game, and that player sits out because of quote-unquote load management, and then you get to the postseason, which you want to see all the stars all the time in every game because you're invested, and then those stars don't play then either, that hurts the league. Now, I'm not saying that Embiid is not hurt. What I'm saying is that it's unfortunate that he's not available for Philadelphia. I think that hurts Philly, and I think Harden is a good player, but he can't carry it by himself. Boston wins that series. Phoenix and Denver. Uh, that one also a lot of fun as well. Um, so I think that Denver can win this in six games. It, it's something with Phoenix where even with the addition of Kevin Durant, Durant is still trying to find his way. And you can understand why, right? They have not played, the, the Suns team has not played together 
all season because there's players that have been out, one. But two, because Durant comes in, you say, oh, it's Kevin Durant. You should be fine, right? No. No, not necessarily. Um, If I said on paper, look, I'm going to give you Chris Paul and Devin Booker and a Koji, and I'm going to give you Kevin Durant and DeAndre Ayton, and then campaign coming off the bench and Torrey Craig and just sham at some of these guys. Um, do you think you can work with that? And the answer would be yes if you start the regular season that way because you know you can have Chris Paul sit out some games if you need to, to because ultimately the whole thing is based on Chris Paul, his execution, and his availability. We've seen many times where Chris Paul just did not play well or not available because of injury. And I'm going to give Denver um, a shot to be able to win this here. Will they win the whole thing? I don't know. But I, I think that they can win this series against Phoenix. That is my my feeling about this. I think that the um, – I look at the money line here. Denver is favored in the next game. They're four-and-a-half-point favorite and minus 190 on the money line, over under 229 for game two of the series. Uh, I kind of think that Denver will find a way to win this series uh, over Phoenix. And then where does that leave Monty Williams and Phoenix for the future? Again, good team, but a team that can't get over the hump, that can't win the championship, I think Denver finds a way. Jamal Murray, by the way, owns the Suns. His numbers have been eye-popping over against the Suns over the years. Um, Michael Porter Jr., fantastic player. And, of course, Jokic. Jokic, in which some people think that he should be the MVP. Well, you talk about unguardable. It's hard to stop that guy, too. He plays. He can play all five positions and play them well, Jokic. He's, he's that good. There's a reason why that he's on the precipice of maybe winning another MVP in his career. Uh, he's fantastic. So I think Boston wins their series. I think Denver wins their series. The NBA playoffs are fun, especially when the players are available. And we talk about them right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Thank you, Jay Moore, for producing this podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And don't forget to catch me with David Kaplan, Kaplan J. Hood, weekday mornings at 7 on ESPN 1000 and also on YouTube, youtube.com. Look for the ESPN 1000 Chicago channel for YouTube as well. You know how much I love basketball. You know I love basketball. That's why we do the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast presented by Manscaped.com. Promo code HOOD and save 20%. Talk to you next time with more Hoops Talk right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast.